Welcome to the real room. Oh, do people still do that dance? I can't hear you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome once, welcome twice. That lighting is showing all the hairs in your beard. And it's matching your shirt. Welcome to the real room. I can't hear you. Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Why can't hear you? I don't know. Maybe it's Hello? your answer. Okay, I'm gonna just talk loud. <laughs> Hello, America. <laughs> Maybe it's your Android phone. I don't know. It has to get it together. I can't hear you now. You can't hear me? I can hear you now. What about now? Yeah. I can hear you though. I'm going to come back here. Okay. Our person pastor. Welcome to the real room. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, while Stanley is trying to get his technology together, I'm gonna tell you why we have not been on air. We have not been on air. I forgot one week what it was. And so then I would just start um planning for the next week. And Pastor was like, now on my birthday. So then we had to take his birthday off. So thank you all so much for joining us. And we wanted to make sure that we ended um tonight with a bang because it's the last day of Black History Month. So what I want to do is while we're waiting on Pastor to join the stream again, what is some history that you made? Not even this month, but since man, I don't know. What's some history that you made? Are you the first in your in your at your job? What history have you made? Were you the first at your church? Um some history my daddy made on Sunday uh, he became, he was installed as deacon, but he is now the first deacon at his church. So he made history um, on Sunday. I'm trying to think. I said I was going to ask you all this question, and then I can think of something that I did, some history that I have made. What's some history you all have made? Put it in the chat, and I'll um, share it. I'm glad you all. I'm asking for some history. What's some some history, history they made? Yeah. Some history um, you made. I was having well, you know, I was the first black. Um, Don't lie. Maybe it ain't got to be that you was the first black. Uh, let me think. I know I okay, made some history. Okay. First Who debut. Yes, he did. Jay Lear actually came number seven, right? Right behind Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson gave him a knows. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm not one to really like, and, and honestly, contrary to popular belief, I'm, I'm not one to really like think about things that I may have seemed to accomplish personally. And and so let's jump in, let's jump in right there. So we're talking about black excellence. And I was in a conversation the other day and I was interviewing 
these people, it was a, mm-hmm. we were talking specifically about black excellence. And um, the man was saying he was interviewing, it's a black guy. He said he was interviewing for a job and part of the interviewing process, he had to write an essay. And so mm-hmm. talk about some of his achievements. And he used we a lot because he was trying to say, my team and I have done a lot of this stuff. And he had people look over his essay and they was saying, like, you didn't really mention anything that you have brought, like that you bring to the table. You just kept kept trying to make a, a collaborative effort. And then the point was that we don't often, things that come naturally to us, we don't see them as achievements. So like maybe teaching the Bible comes easy for you because that's your gift. So when you do it successfully or you have a successful event or whatever, you don't really see it as an achievement because it's something that comes natural. I get what you're saying. It could be something something that comes naturally to you that you've done. I mean, okay, that makes sense. Uh, well, since you put it like that, you know, I am a Academy Award winning actor, Grammy Award winning art. Let me stop lying on this thing. <laughs> no, but I, okay, I mean, I would say Shakers probably would be an accomplishment of mine. Um, uh, yeah, that probably would be one of my major, major accomplishments that I think because I was able, with the help of some others, um, create an outreach ministry that didn't have any ties to any local church but was able to do honestly and i say this humbly we were able to do more ministry than most local assemblies um and we did that with and we still are doing it with little to non-support from um outside ministries and things of that nature so a lot of things that we do comes out of our pocket and um matter of fact everything we do comes out of our pocket but we've been able to yeah, we've been able to put on conferences. We've been able to feed homeless people. We've been able to do um, life groups at EWC. We've been oh god, the list goes on and on and on. Like I like I put on Facebook today, um, and I wanted to do a mission trip, and somebody was like, "Well, go to the north side and do." I said, "Hey, been there, done that, been there, done that." Like we've done a lot of things as far as in the community and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, that would probably be an accomplishment that I would say. Y'all forgive me if I'm eating tonight. I haven't ate yet. And this Chick-fil-A is piping hot. And I can't let it get cold. So it's a real one. Y'all you haven't right. eaten all day? Mm-mm. I've been running. Working and running. Working and running. You know that's Pretty how much you gain weight. You know that's how you gain weight. Skip oh, well. Meals. Let it be me. Be it unto me. <laughs> but these, these fries are piping hot. And I can't let them get cold. He's starving us. He gonna starve us. So when we when we eat, when he finally feeds us, we hold it on to this fat. So, oh well, they gonna hold on tonight. <laughs> I think I'm the first black woman in my department because my department is only like ten years old, and I've never I have it's been it's been ran by and I work in DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, well, they can name a hall after you then. Should they should tell them to do a dorm after you? I think I'm the Douglas Hall. It's been other minorities, but I think I'm the first black woman. Now at now at at my job, I was the only black male in my department. That you know, because I got I got a promotion, and I was the only black male in my department. Like there were no other black, and you know, to be honest, I would say this publicly. But being a black man in corporate America, it is very hard for us. Like, I think we are like, we are like the lowest on the totem pole. 
So to be able to move up and and do certain things and accomplishments, then yeah, I would I would say. And yes, y'all, I do work. I, I have a job as well. So <laughs> y'all not we're, we're full time. Black men not lord in black women. Black women have way more power than black men. No, Sam. Nope. I'm telling you, I've seen it with my own eyes. I work, in, to- I work in equity. Like, white women get paid more than black women. But like black that. women have more of a voice than black men. Like, you can express your concerns, and they'll be like, okay, Kalanda, we'll take it. If I, can express, if I express my concerns, okay, he's complaining. <laughs> you may be able to express my concerns, but there are more leadership opportunity because you are a man. Well, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong department, but black I'm men. Just saying, I wish I had some black men to check in and I'm telling you, we are the low like when it comes to promotions and no I think because we, we're intimidating, so they don't want us. But yes. I'm gonna tell you why. This is the real room, so I'm gonna tell you why. I have a, a very See? close person in my life. See that that's an no, I'm, right. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what somebody told me. Somebody told me this, and they they've been in corporate America for years. And um, oh, this is the real room. We can talk. And they said the reason why they don't do a lot of promotions with black men is because one of the issues is sexual harassment cases. They feel like a black man is more prone. This is what somebody said. They said they feel like a black man is more prone to get a sexual harassment case against them versus a white male or another minority so to prevent that they don't promote as many of us in high positions because they fear that we could be taking advantage of that with other people oh wow i feel like black Seriously. men somebody said that are more prone to like be your 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 work husband um then a white male maybe sexual that's possible. a sexual thing work husband you know what they but, say about work wife work husband but that's not sexual. It's just like looking out for. But Jay Lyric said he agrees. Lord and black women. Yeah, they are. Y'all need I'm to telling you, they are. Look at the statistics. It's not. Well, true. I don't see them. Every job I've worked, and I worked a few corporate jobs. When it came to promotions, it was more the white woman, the white man, the black woman. The black men did not get it unless. I can't say that because I don't want nobody to get offended. It might be it might be the industry you're in too, though, may may play a role. It's I work in healthcare. So See, that's different. I'm in banking. Yeah. So that's so maybe the industry you're in. Mm-hmm. They say, especially in the middle in the middle. But I said I wanted to start a support group for black men in corporate America because I guess they just feel like all us black men belong to be we all supposed to be working for UPS and in the warehouse. No shade to those that do. And they make great money, but some of us are good with computers. Some of us can read. Some of us can communicate. Some of us can be articulate. But that's just me, though. Ty says both genders in the black culture does not get equality in the workplace. Black women have to work harder to be heard and seen, or we'll be taken as aggressive and angry. We are expected to work harder for less. That is so true. So we've been talking because I work in DNI. We've been talking about this a lot during Black History Month, um, and so we've been talking about the. And I know we're we're talking about Black excellence, but I guess we could look at it from this this instance. Mm-hmm. The pressure that as a Black person you have to carry. So like, okay, you you educated and you're skilled and you also have experience, but then there's this added pressure that we have to carry in the workplace to make sure that my tone is correct, I'm using the right vocabulary, that I'm enunciating my words, I'm not, you know, 
or that even when I'm writing my emails that I'm not being um, too informal, then I'm being formal because we feel like we are being like so watched way more than our counterparts are. So I have to be more careful, more mindful about what I say, how I say, because it is easy for us to be seen as like the angry black woman or male or dominating or, you know, they'll see my passion as me being angry or something like that. But there's this unique pressure that black people have to carry anywhere, really, but especially in the workplace. We don't get to, you know, I've received emails like, well, not me personally, but I have co-workers who receive emails from people where they, it was written in all caps. I could never get away with sending an email in all caps. They'll be ready to put you put me on a PIP, a performance improvement plan, because I couldn't even send an IM in all caps. Right. Like on Teams or Skype. And I if I did by mistake, I'd be like, oh, excuse my tap, on um, my, my cap, you know, because and I agree with you. They eat a lot of people think that we're just these bitter group of people that you know we're not satisfied, we're always complaining. But no, it's not that. We just want the fairness that um that, that you give everybody else, you know, yeah. and it's yeah, like we're just as good. Listen, white people, we no. us black folk, we are just as good, if not even better, than you guys. So why not give us the top position? Why not? Give us an opportunity to lead out. You would be very surprised of the of the things that we can really produce if you all just lighten up and give us a chance. But see, there's this thinking. Y'all gonna make me go to work here. Yeah. There's this thinking that you can't have diversity and excellence. That if I try to make diversity a priority, then I will have to sacrifice excellence instead of thinking that. Diversity brings excellence because now there is a difference of opinion, there's a difference of skill set, a difference of experience. And so um, historically, like data-wise, diversity brings way more productivity. People have, they produce better department. I mean, companies have better profit margins. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people who feel like, okay, if we got to look out for diversity, then we're not going to get the best candidates um or the best person in the job yeah that's not that's totally not true and i've i've never been one to because i've seen i have seen where like 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 in the position that i'm in now they have me in in training and stuff like that and i told the trainer one day she was like if you guys have any questions please don't hesitate to reach out da, da, da. so when i'm actually working i don't i'm like i don't ask questions until i start actually working i can't because i have to be in the middle of it i'm a hands-on learner so every time I reach out and I know that she'd kind of be very like um not irritated, but like her patience is not as long with me as it is with somebody else. And so finally, it's so funny we're talking about this because finally the day I told her, I said, Hey, I said, if you don't like me asking you questions, just say that and I can ask somebody else questions. Oh no, that's my job, that's what I'm here for. She said, Why do you say that? I said, Because when I ask you questions, you get irritated and you're not as patient with me as you are with anybody else you know with, with somebody else and so she was like well, i don't mean to come off like that i apologize don't worry about it calm down calm down like don't tell me to calm down i'm not angry <laughs> i'm just <laughs> i'm just talking and i think that we have to just be more open to get to know each other and you know and that's really what the bottom line is we're not taking the time out to know each other we're not trying to build a team we're not trying to build a community amongst each other so and i think that's probably why it is like that in the work world so you know like i said all black men don't have to work in the warehouse. All of them don't have to work for UPS and 
and have construction jobs. Kudos to those that do, because y'all be making some money out there. But all of us are not called to that. Some of us are called to corporate America. Some of us are called yeah. to be, you know, in business and lawyers and doctors and educators and stuff like that. So lighten up, folk. Lighten up. That's all I got to say about it. Let me tell you about this black excellence that we have to carry. And I and I had to explain to some people the other day, because, you know, some people are like, why does it have to be about color? And so I had to explain that excellence is a thing, but black excellence, when we say it like that, it is like a visible show of success. It's somebody who has made the black community proud. They have the characteristics that we want. Um it's a visible show that they've been able to overcome adversity that most black people face every day to, you know, reach the success they have. And so I told them, even with the nomination of um, Judge, I think her last name Brown, um, that she got a real black first name too. Yeah, I can't. Kentaji. I don't. I haven't heard how to pronounce it yet. Um, yeah, but I was. That was an example of black excellence. Even if she does not win the nomination, to even be nominated is black excellence. And that allows black people to see that that's an opportunity. But then I was talking about that stress that we have to carry to work. I had a white woman tell me the other day, she texted me, but she was like, of course they would listen to you when the black woman says it. But when I said it, they just like brushed me off. So I responded to her like, I'm sorry. I wanted to say perhaps your presentation was inaccurate, Trash. excellent, or she, so she called me. She's like, I could tell you didn't know what I meant when I said that because of how you respond. Respond. Well, I'm thinking exactly like, what you meant. How am I? How am I supposed <laughs> to when you say, of course they're going to listen to you, as if they didn't listen to me because I'm educated, because I'm well spoken, but it, mm. of course because I'm black. But that's the kind of stuff that we have to we have to deal with. I had a lady in my um because. Um, my birthday was last week. Shout out to me, my birthday. I turned 29 last week. Yeah, I, I told him that's why we didn't we didn't have a real room. It's because you needed to. Yeah, I needed time to just reflect and pray and seek the Lord as far as direction for this year. I hope that's what you told him. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, so I was in, and we was on a Zoom meeting. And so I, I st I'm still getting to know these people. They're very new and to me. And so uh, one of the like I'm the only black guy in my class. Everybody else is white, pretty much. And I think it's like one or two other black girls. But anyway, so the lady said, older white lady, she said, Cecilia, what are you going to do for your birthday? I said, I don't know. She said, well, you know, they're having a big concert in Philly with The Roots and, and Erica Badu, and, and it's going to be a big hip-hop concert. Maybe you should go to that. So I said, so I said, well, I'm really not interested. I'm going, oh, you're not? I'm like, just because I'm black, <laughs> I mean, I like, I love. I said I actually like all kinds of music. Oh, you do? I said yes. I said I would listen to, you know, John Mayer, The Fray, you know, Frank Sinatra, stuff like Tony Bennett. You know, I listen to everything. I'm not just, you know, don't try to box me in and feel like that's the only way you can relate to me with hip hop and R and B and stuff like that. Like, come on now. This, this, and it just goes. And I know she probably didn't mean. Maybe she didn't mean it like that. But still, though, like. Don't just assume that's who that's what I do. Like there's more to me than just that. And I think that a lot of other cultures have to really understand that. A lot of us are not, we're not ghetto. We know how to be professional. You know, we're not we're not from the trenches and all that, you know. Right. Not from the yeah, project. Like, we know how to read. 
<laughs> they swear we don't know how to read. We definitely know how to read. So I, I got a biblical question for you. Mm-hmm. Oh God, Here you go with that. Why? Why are the Israelites the only? I mean, I guess when I look at the history of Black people, our cultural history is similar to that of the Israelites. Not that you know the Israelites got into every a lot of stuff they got into is because of their disobedience to God, but we have a similar story or history when it comes to slavery um i guess why can't we also be considered yeah he's eating (laughs) yes i'm eating i done told y'all i haven't ate all day please do not bother me about eating why 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 can't we also be considered like the chosen people why is it just i think we are considered the chosen people um i remember some years ago he's going on to be with the lord now but uh, Oral Roberts said this. He said he believes that before the Lord comes back, that the blacks will be the majority and everybody else will be the minority. He said he believed because that's how it originated. You know, if you look at the Garden of Eden in the Bible, it was in Ethiopia. Ethiopia is in Africa. There are no white people in Africa around there. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the first major Christian movement, it was really moved by Ethiopians. The oldest Bible in the world is the Ethiopian Bible. So um, you have different cultures. And, and I believe because of black people, that has birthed different cultures. You know, you through blacks, you have the whites. Through blacks, you have the Spanish. Through blacks, you have the Italians. You have the Russians. You have all of these, the Chinese, the Asians, you know, all of that. And um, I think we really are the majority. I don't think that people really understand the power that we really possess. Think about it. It's a reason why they, they suppressed us all those years. And they had to do it that way. Because if they if we really tapped in as a people to really think about it, you have a ship with 600 slaves on it, but it's ran by maybe 100 white guys. You mean to tell me out of 600, y'all couldn't overthrow that ship? But the way that they had to do it, they had to psychologically get in their minds and and, and and really make them believe that they're nothing, that they're worthless. They had to beat them. They had to make examples out of them. They put fear in them. And and to the day, we're still seeing those effects today. You know, you have people like in our grandparents' generation that still won't look white people in the face and talk to them. And the civil rights movement was over 50, almost over 60 years ago. So um, I think we are the majority. I think we, we, we play a big role, but we just have to have more confidence in ourselves educate our communities and our families you know what i'm saying talk to these these new millennials not millennials these new gen z's that's coming up you know, with this hell spiked up and looking crazy and stuff like come on now so, you know and, and and be like honestly i'm gonna say this i'm done if you really look back in in time like in the 1920s 40s 50s when black people went out even if they went to the club like what we would consider church clothes that's what they wore like yeah. they had an excellence about themselves. Like if you look at Dr. King, he was in his mid twenties when he started the bus boycott, and him and his wife. But if you go and look at them, they never missed a the beat. They always was dressed up, presentable. They were articulate, and it wasn't that they were trying to be something that they were not. But they was letting people know we are just as educated and and strong as you all are. And look what they were able to do. So I think we are the majority. We just don't realize it. I, I really do. 
I just sometimes I think like, man, so God, I'm supposed to deal with the devil mm-hmm. and racism. <laughs> and but the devil is racism. True. I guess I shouldn't see them as two it's all the devil. entity entities. Mm-hmm. He just it's using just a-, a group of people who look the same. Okay, that's true. Yes. We see it all the time. We see it in churches. We see it in business. We see it everywhere. Like 2020, that's when everybody, oh God, that's when all these pastors was getting exposed in 2020 with the racism stuff. So we've seen it. And I think we just have to realize at the end of the day, racism is a taught thought and belief. Um, I believe, I don't think you can be born racist. I believe that you're taught to be racist. Yeah, and and that goes on. And if I can be honest, it's even on both sides, because you know we've heard the stories from you know those that are older in our family. Hey, like, you stay away from the white people because da 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 da. You gotta, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they said the same about us. Now, as time is evolving, we're starting to see it. The, a little, we're seeing a little change, but it's not as fast as you know as we would want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think. I just think we got to get back to the point where we got to get a level of respect for ourselves and stop with this attitude. Well, that's just me. If they don't like me who I am, then so be it. That, that, that's not the case for everything. Because when, you, when you're trying to make business decisions and you know what I'm saying, and when you're trying to get to a certain point in your life, you have to really consider how you carry yourself, how you look. You have to, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm not against black culture and representing your heritage and stuff like that. But some of this stuff, let me hush because I'm starting to sound old school. So let me let me ask you this. So even with black excellence, like when I'm doing something, I'm not necessarily like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be seen as black excellence. But I do sometimes feel like I have, especially in corporate, that I have to be mm-hmm. mindful about my response because I know unfortunately it can reflect negatively on another black woman like they'll say "Mm, they all alike or whatever even though that's just how Kalanda responded so when you think about black excellence while it's like something that we're proud of do you think it also like carried this like level of stress that especially if i'm the first one in my area i gotta do such a good job because i want to one make sure that i won't be the last black person and then like two, so they don't see us all the same because of how I behave. I I think so. Um, I, because as growing up, you know, in, in our household, we were taught you can't be average because average in in the, in the world outside of this house was 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 great for you is still average for somebody else. So you have to be more than just you can't be equal. You have to be more to get the attention. You know, mm-hmm. and so it it does create a lot of pressure. Um, it does, and unfortunately, it's just the hands that we're dealt with, um, and we just have to deal with it. But I still think, but when we do things, we do it big. Like, for instance, like even in a sports arena, like outside of basketball and football, when you look at tennis, you got Venus and Serena, Arthur Ashe, and all that. When they did stuff, they did it big. You know, they had they couldn't just play like Billie Jean King and stuff. They had to like. Blow it out the pocket. You know, Tiger Woods, he couldn't just play like Jack Nicholson. And, I don't know, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson is the actor, but Jack Nicholas. But he couldn't, he had to blow it out the water because if he would have played on the same level as him, then he wouldn't have gotten the notoriety that he does now. So he had to go above and beyond to get at least be like, hey, I'm here. 
So it does create a level of pressure on us and things of that nature. So, you know, is it fair? No, but we can deal with it. I mean, we've been, I mean, we struggle a lot in our lives as, as black people in the country and for years. So it's not new to us. We just got to, you know, get out, you know, just get to work and, and get it done. So yeah, it happens. It, it's one of the things where it's like, hey, it is what it is. Let, let's just get it. Let's just get it done and get it over with. Let's go churchy for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Jerome mm. says, Tiger says he's not black. He, he does. Um, he's Cobbling Asian. That's what he is. He black. If he ain't white, he black. <laughs> um, for people who, and I'm bringing this up because Jude 3 has done such a great job like this month. They've been presenting resources because yeah, a lot really of have. Christianity. Shout out to Jude 3. Yeah, it's a white man's religion, so they've been creating a lot of content to um, mm-hmm. to combat that with truth. But what do you say to people who are like, man, like why would God allow, you know, on top of all of what's happening in the world, you know, even black believers, how could this be our religion? Or, you know, how could Christianity be black for black people, too, if it was used by white men to make us feel less than? Just because we don't know who may listen to this. And I'm, you, it was, you're a yeah. historian. I think it, it doesn't, at the end of the day, if we look at it, those men with slavery are doing what a lot of preachers are doing now. Ooh. They are manipulating the word. They're, they're making it to what they want it to be. And because back in those times, slaves were not allowed to read. It was against the law for them to read. So they had to know, you know, so from what they thought, that's what they, you know, from what they was told, that's what they believed. And Christianity was beaten into black people. You know, black people didn't come over here as Christians. They came over as other, you know, they other types of worship. And I'm just being honest, it, they were beaten into being Christians. Now, granted, do I believe in Jesus? Yes. Do I believe he's son of God? Yes. Do I, you know, I, I believe that. And I do. And I try my best to, to, to live my life as a Christian. But I wasn't beaten into being saved. And if we even look up to now, there were a lot of people that were spiritually beaten into being saved today. You know, they were living up to certain standards and things of that nature. So um, but if you really look at the history of Christianity, the great movements of the Christian faith, it was not really about white. It was mainly by blacks and, and, and people of color. You know, um, it wasn't until Paul started going to Greece and Rome and, and he's in Athens and he's in uh, uh, Colossae and Thessalonica and, and you know, he's in all Corinth. These are all major cities ran by the Roman and, and Greek empires and Ephesus and all of that. And these were the, those type of countries. And in those type of countries, majority of those people were white, you know, the Jews were people of color, but the Gentiles were the people that were not of color. So Paul was preaching the gospel to those people because originally Jesus said, I came to first come for those, the Jews first and then the Gentiles. So Paul was able to reach out to the Gentiles and let them know Jesus saves as well. Now, granted, those people took the word and they manipulated it and they they, they created a, a whole thought pattern of it, which made, you know, blacks in years later feel like, well, Christianity is a white man's religion. Christianity is not a white man's religion. 
Yeah. It's not. Truth be told, I say this public, and a lot of people don't want to, they might fight me for this one. Christianity is not a black man's religion. Christianity is not a a, a Asian religion. Christianity is a, it's a gospel for everybody. Jesus died for everybody, you know, and you have to learn and, and get a relationship with the word of God yourself. Um, and like we tell people back in those days, they didn't have a choice. They had to go along with what, what was told to them because they was getting killed. They was getting beaten. They was getting hung. But now you have so much resource. Get to know the word of God yourself. Um, don't base it off of what hearsay. There are a lot of people that manipulated the word to do what they wanted to do. Yep. But you got to have a relationship with the word of God yourself. So, yeah, it's definitely Jesus died for everybody. I like that you said um, that it's not a black man's um, religion either because, you know, like other religions, Hinduism, um, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, are born out of cultures. And the fact that Christianity wasn't born out of a specific culture lets us know that it is available for all. Um, but I think a lot of people do get tied up in because maybe we we don't see the enemy even in racism. I feel like we only see like the enemy when it comes to like hatred or like sickness or Violence, your family. Yeah. yeah, but we don't see him even in hatred. Uh, I mean, racism, sexism, anything that separates the divide, we don't see him in that either. So I'm glad you make that point. I, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you probably do. There's a um, Stop Woke Act that our, Stop um, woke. Yeah, that our governor is trying to push. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I heard about that. Where we, he doesn't want us to be able to talk about um, certain things. Yeah, without people getting offended. Yeah, because he doesn't want people to be taught to hate their... So you're going to try to exclude a whole history because um, you don't want people to grow up hating their country. And you know what's so sad? People are going to still vote for this man. And um, <laughs> especially black people. Y'all are still sitting here and vote for this man all because you don't want to wear a mask. But don't see the other things that he's doing. But yeah, I, I totally see what was going on with that. I definitely don't agree because you can't control how a person feels based off of history. And to be honest, black history is American history. You can't yeah. have American history without black people. Who you think built all these monuments and the White House and the Capitol and you know what I'm saying? Who you think built the governor's mansion? Who you think, you know, took care of, of the president's kids and nursed their babies and stuff like that? It was black people that did that. You know, you got to think about people like Benjamin Banneker. He designed Washington, D.C. The whole a black man did that, you know. So you can't just say, well, we're going to um, we're not going to teach this because we don't want people to get offended. We've been getting offended for years. <laughs> OK, I don't want you to be governor because I'm, I'm offended, but that ain't going to work. You know, so that's just me, though. I think we, we got to make sure that everybody and this is something that I'll say this publicly. I don't care. It's the real room. But it seems like everybody has a voice, but but the blacks, you know, the LGBT community. If I said something derogatory towards them, they would shut us down. You know what I'm saying? Or if if another community, women's rights, they would they would shut something down. But the minute you say something about blacks, they it's always, oh, they'll get over it. They'll yeah. be okay. You know, or you know, they feel like we're inferior. We don't have feelings. We're not here. And um, but it's okay because the tables will turn. 
Hey! I felt that. That's I what the I tables will turn. Well, I think YPJ, I think that was his prophecy for 2022. Mm-hmm. About Somebody uh, actually prophesied and said that with Joe Biden. They were saying how God was going to use Joe Biden to help bring blacks up. And I know everybody focusing on gas prices and stuff like that. And I'm not here to endorse anybody, but if you really look at it, a lot of people have been coming up these past two years. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all done got these PPP loans and you know what I'm saying? People starting businesses. You, you know, you got kids, you get checks every month for your kids. And, you know, money bag Joe been, been really coming through. So, you know what I'm saying? And people are upset about that. So, yeah, just, um, yeah, so don't be just so focused on one issue. Don't be so one-sided. Look at the big picture of it because I, I think this is a good season for Black America. I, I really yeah. That's what YPJ was saying. If y'all get a chance, go listen to him on. Um, I think he his it's his New Year's Eve service. It's yeah. posted on he do it every year. YouTube. And the only reason I listen is because last year or the year before last, he was accurate. He's he always talked, accurate. He was talking about how there was going to be a lot of deaths in Kojic. He specifically said Kojic. And yeah. we had a lot of deaths, a lot of deaths. Um, last year. So he is accurate, and he specifically speaks about how the Lord is um, leveling the playing field, especially for African Americans, because of our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, Think about it. More of us are going to college now. They're getting degrees. They're starting businesses. They're so a lot of black being yeah. the first in their area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I almost told y'all where I work at, but where I work at, we have our first um black cao um ever mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah a lot of us are coming up um and this is a good season so i, I really think that we are like this is this the time to really take over and and just do it just do it there's a certain level of strength that's that's in our culture and our heritage that a lot of people don't realize like you know yeah. we we know how to fight we know how to survive if I, I think this, you know, and I'm not saying all white people are racist and things like that, but I think if, if another culture was to live like one week, just one week in our shoes, they would be, at the end of that week, they would be crying and be like, oh my God, I don't see how you do it. I couldn't do it. They would really be like, oh my God, because we deal with a lot. Like, you know, as a black man, we can't even walk down the street. If I walk past a white lady, she instantly grabs her purse, you know, and I'm, I, I ain't out here trying to be no goon and stuff, you know, but if I'm out somewhere or this and that, they just instantly, like, flinch up. I'm like, I, when I'm out, I speak to white people on purpose just to see what type of reaction they get. And I'm really not, like, that extrovert as people think I am. But if I'm out and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Just to see how they feel, like, see if they're going to speak back and stuff. So, now, what do you think, like, for our white listeners who are listening, who hear that this is like a a good season for black people. What do you think? Like, how would you encourage them so that they don't feel like God is showing favoritism? To well, favor is, Bishop Jake say favor isn't fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying there are seasons where you're going to, like Paul said, I've learned to have, I learned to have not, you know, but in every state I'm in, I've learned to be content. So you just got to learn like we had to learn. It's time <laughs> to be content. It's the, hey, there are going to be days when you're going to have it. There are going to be days when you're not going to have it. You know, so 
you may have to sell, somebody may have to buy. It, it just, everybody's seasons change and that's just how God works, he works in seasons. So don't get upset about the situation, embrace it because at the end of the day, you may need somebody black to help you. I'm just saying. So embrace it and it's getting better. It's getting better. I told myself that I, when I look back at my life and I'm like, dang, I really don't have a lot of white friends. I think I have maybe one or two, but they, they act black though. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, I don't have like a real, you know, Will Smith had cornflake on Fresh Prince. Like, I don't, I don't have a cornflake. <laughs> I, I, I would love to have a cornflake and learn some stuff, and you know, learn. I, I'm always interested in learning about other people's cultures. But hey, until then, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and I think we also have to learn to see, like, um, because God is giving one person an opportunity, it's not taking that chance from me. God is limitless. So while, you know, you may feel like, oh, well, if Kalana gets this little piece of the pie, then that's not, that's taking away my piece or whatever. I think we have to learn to like see God as limitless. We see him as we see each other. Like, oh, there's only one job at this, you know, this is just one opening. Only one person can get it, but this doesn't work the same with the Lord. So when we start learning to see him as limitless, then I think we won't be so bothered when he decides to favor or shine himself upon somebody else versus, you know, another person. So, Because the Bible say that promotion, it don't come from the north, south, east, or west. It's God that picks up one and puts down another. So just to act, this is a, as the insurance company say, this is an act of God. <laughs> so ain't nothing we can do about it. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. And I think just get and my thing of it is get to know people get to understand them hear them out listen to them relate not well you can't necessarily relate to them but just get an understanding of each other and i think that's really what would kind of help us all get along you know we need to get more of an understanding of each other but yeah. is it yeah black excellence is taking over the world oh y'all y'all might as well get ready for it it's it's, it's coming like we finna invade like it's, it's crazy. It's cr like, seriously, when I can look at billionaires, like when I look at like Jay-Z and Kanye and these are billionaires from the hood that, that work their way up and the way they look and, and act and dress, not college edge. Well, Kanye's, he has some college, but he didn't finish. But like Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying? And to see the level of success that they have, you know, come on. And they was able to do it from from the gutters. So imagine the advantages they would have. I honestly believe if they was white, they would definitely be like on Bill Gates them though. Yeah. Of course. They're billionaires at that point. You know, look at Tyler Perry. You know, he's he's built a total empire from the ground up. He's a billionaire. Oprah Winfrey, billionaire. Um, there's a lot of billionaires. You know, even um Michael Jackson at the time he was alive billionaire and they fought him heavy you know and he talked about how he dealt with racism michael jackson had to deal with racism you know so there's it's a level of fighting it's a level of hard work that you got to put in but when you get there i'm telling you, they kicking the these people are kicking the doors down for us yeah y'all really if y'all really think about it yeah they kicking the doors down oh jamel has a lot yeah I'm working on that. I've, I've I've really been praying for God to give me some. I really want some white friends like that. 
I, I really would. I really would like to have some some cool white friends. Like not to kind of feel like they gotta act black, but yeah, <laughs> just, just be you. Cause I'm gonna be me. So just be you. That's how I feel like. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, the doors are definitely kicking down for us, y'all. So y'all better embrace the moment. Start getting educated. I was telling um somebody yesterday. Um, at my dad's church, he was telling me how, you know, he was in the military and finishing school. And I was telling him, I say, man, you got a lot of people that don't go to school and go to college and then they settle to do other stuff. We need to start educating our young people. You may not have to go to college, but go get you a trade. You know, we'll always need an electrician. We'll always right. need a plumber. We'll always need a mechanic. And they make great money. <laughs> and you can right. start your own business and, and everything. So. You know, we don't have to pressure all of our young people to go in one area. You know, everybody don't have to go to college. But, hey, you may have a son that may be good at other things with his hands. Put him in trade school. You'll be surprised. Right. What kind of money and stuff that they can create and make. So, yeah. And when they ain't got to be on the corner twisting their hell, trying to figure <laughs> out what they're going to do for the day. I can't stand when I see that. <laughs> you look retarded. You can't say that word. So I got some questions for y'all. I thought we could do uh, end it on a, a Black Culture Quiz or a Black History Month Quiz to see how much you all know. I'm going to start with the easy one. What is James St. Patrick's nickname on the show Power? <laughs> this <laughs> is Black History. What is James St. Patrick's nickname on the show Power? Do y'all watch Power? Hey, y'all watch Power? I know you know. Put Holy in front of it. What's his name, Sam? Huh? What's the name? Oh, there we go. Did they say Ghost? James St. Patrick is Ghost. Roger P. Henson played Catherine G. Johnson in the movie Hidden Figures. What was she known for? What was it known for in the movie Hidden Figures? Y'all should have seen this. Yeah, that's a good movie, too. Y'all should watch that. I'm going to ask you this one, Stanley, because why they type the answer for that one? Who was the first African-American to graduate from Harvard University and become U.S. Senator? It was not Obama. Oh, it's way man. This bitch is in black or white. This had to be like in the 1800s, right? Something like that. I don't know his name, but I I, I think I know you're talking Hiram, about. But I know it's like in the 1800s. His Hiram Rhodes Rebels. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was Obama, <laughs> but it wasn't. He did graduate from Harvard, though. Oh, this is it. Yeah, I'm like another song. Which popular rap artist's real name is Nevadius <laughs> Wilburn? Nevadius Wilburn. Nevadius Wilburn? Uh-huh. Oh, that must be Nipsey Hussle. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Yeah, Nipsey Hussle's name was. Oh, Jerry. It's Who you said it was? That's right. Really? <laughs> Nipsey Hussle's real name was what? It started with Arme. It was like Arme or something. Yeah, it, yeah. It's similar to that. Nevadius. I had Nevadius. these questions. Yeah. From your mama. 
How long should Comet sit in the tub before cleaning? <laughs> <laughs> now, in my house growing up, <laughs> I used to wear Comet out growing up. So I used to let it sit all, at least let it sit for a couple hours. Yeah, that's what they said. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. That was one of the answers when it's finished marinating. Exactly. Yeah, you got to let it, like, it's supposed to do something great. Horrible. Jay Larry said 30 minutes. Yep. Nah, that's too short. That's too short. You got to get all in now. <laughs> I never understood the purpose of, like, I felt like Comet didn't really do anything. I don't know. That's just me, though. First African American woman to win the Academy Award for Best Actress in the movie Monsters Ball. Oh, that's easy. Everybody should know that one. We was alive around that time. She was. Oh, no, it's the Saints. Oh, this this one for you, Stanley, because you're a historian. This moment, it's not about me. Oh. There you go, Jay Lyric. You can all love Holly Berry. Yep, it was Holly Berry. First African American to win Miss America. Vanessa Williams. Yep. Mm. Y'all ain't know that? And they took her crown away. Why? Because she posed nude for a Playboy or something like that. And they took her crown away. Oh. It was back in the 80s. That was considered like a disgrace. You know, you can oh. get away with it now, but back then, yeah. Did she, did she ever get it back? I don't know. But yeah, I think they took her. I know they took her crown because of that. So. You definitely win in this game. Mm. Who has the better biscuit? Popeyes, Red Lobster, KFC, or Churches? Churches! Red Lobster. What? Churches, y'all sleeping on church. Churches have, Churches chicken is not that great, but their size and their biscuits are on point. <laughs> Here's on another point. one. Which one of these things is your mom not? A, Jesus. B, Boo Boo the Fool. C, somebody else's mother. Or D, one of your little friends. <laughs> D, one of your little friends. <laughs> one of your little friends. And that's funny. That's we, all had, we all had the same mama. We all had the same mama. I'm not one of your little friends. That's oh, I don't know this one, but maybe I'll do. Which West African country makes the best jollof rice? Senegal, Liberia, Ghana, or Nigeria? Have you had jollof rice before? I've never had jollof rice before. Is it like rice or what kind of rice is it? It's, it's rice. What is it, like jasmine rice or something? <laughs> I don't know. I can't I, explain it. I'm going to take a wild guess and just say... Uh, Ghana. Oh, you and Jerry, Jay Lyric said the same thing. Uh, Ashley said, most say Nigeria. Which I've song, never had rice. Which song is a staple at the family cookout? Never Too Much by Luther Vandross. Never Too Much, Never Too Much. Before I Let Go by Maze. Candy by Cameo or Outstanding by The Gap Band. Before I Let Go by Maze. Everybody know that. Mace version, not Beyonce version. Mace's version. 
Just want to throw that out there. Who's always playing a no good man in a movie? Danny Glover, Blair Underwood, Clifton Powell, or Samuel L. Jackson? Blair Underwood. I would say Clifton Powell. He playing a lot. Like no, because he's played preacher roles and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Blair Underwood has always played. Yeah, he's that one you can't. Oh, yeah, play. as you said, Blair. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't trust him in real life. He played a role too good. I met him before. Um, I had a picture with him. He came and he's like me. he's like the male version of Lynn Whitfield because she always played a crazy woman. Think about it. Lynn Whitfield always play the crazy woman in Thin Line Between Love and Hate, Medea, Family Reunion. Uh, oh, I can go down the list. Ease by you. Yeah, she's always the crazy woman. Yes, that's, that's true. Yeah, so. Yep, see everybody saying Blair. Everybody saying Blair. Why shouldn't women put their why shouldn't a woman put her purse on the floor? It'll get stolen, it'll get dirty, a roach might crawl in it, or you'll stay broke. You'll stay broke the rest of your life. That's what I used to hear. Is that true? No, it's a um, what you call an old wise tale. Oh, so I probably you put your purse on the floor. No, I don't because it's dirty. But it's 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 ingrained in us not to put it on the floor, so we may not do it because we believe in the wise tale. But at this point, it's been you know, it's just a purse. I um, it must be a girl. Approximately, thing. how long did Sophia have to fight? <laughs> All her life. <laughs> All her life. All my life, I had to fight. Approximately, I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Okay, this is a good one. When did you know Barack Obama was down? When a he sung "Let's Stay Together." He dusted his shoulders off. He dapped up Kevin Durant, or when he put a basketball court in the White House. When he put a basketball for me, when he put a basketball court in the White House, that has never happened before. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, when he Kevin Durant. I mean, that was a given. That was a given. I do remember when he saw that stay together, stay together with Al Green. Oh, this but, is gonna be a hard one. Which of these 90s TV shows had the better theme song? Sister, Sister, The Wayne's mm. Brothers, Moesha, or Living Single? Let me say, how's Sister Sister go? Sister, 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 Sister. I'm going to say, like we are living. Yeah, I'm going to go with Living Single. Yeah. Wayne's Brothers, we're brothers. We're happy and we're singing and we're coloring. And what was the other one? Moesha. Yeah. I didn't I, I was never a fan of Moesha show. What? I didn't, and especially when uh Countess Vonda, I really didn't like it then. Mo to the yeah. I watched Parkers before Moesha. Oh no. I ain't never watched the Parkers. No, I would watch the Parkers before Moesha. I wasn't a big Moesha fan. Yeah. I'm gonna go with um Living Single on this one. Uh, I'm trying to find it. 
a good one to end on. What's something that your grandparents made that left an odor you'll never forget? Pig's feet, fried fish, chitlins, or hog head cheese? Oh, God, I can't stand hog head cheese. <laughs> I don't, why do people eat that? Is that really cheese? Do you eat I, hog head cheese? Uh-uh. I'm going to say it's chitlins, though. That was something. I've never, I've never ate chitlins before. I don't eat chitlins. So I, Have you ever seen no, I've never smelled them. I don't want to smell them. I believe it or not, I have a very weak stomach, so certain things I just can't take. Yeah, I, I gag. But it'll probably be it, if I did, it would be chitlins. If I did have to choose one, but hoghead cheese, I still don't understand why people eat hoghead cheese. I don't get that. Um, I think that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, if mama sent you to the store with five dollars, what were you supposed to bring back? No change. <laughs> <laughs> when grandma told you to wrench it off, what do you need to complete the task? Oh, rinse, lots of salt, hot sauce, or water. You need water. <laughs> All right. That was fun. You got that any announcements? Uh, yes, y'all, uh, for you all that don't know, um, Shakers is back. Well, we didn't really leave, but we, we are up and moving. Um, so every Wednesday at 1130, we are doing a late night prayer call every Wednesday night at 1130. The information is on um, the Shaker Place page and on Shakers Place page. Ah, Shakers page. I, need, I just need to go and combine them. Stop trying to separate that. And um, every second and fourth Thursday, just for one hour, we're on Zoom and we're having a life group. It's open to all young adults, regardless of where you're at in the world. Um, you can go on the Shakers page and um, and look up that information. And like I said, it's from seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Uh, we just have a real talk discussion. We don't live stream anything because we want to keep it intimate and you know allow people to be comfortable and be themselves. But we talk about everything. So um, if you have certain discussions and certain concerns and things like that. Just meet us just for one hour. Um, you can eat on there. You can do whatever you want to do. Just, you know, make sure you're engaged and stuff like that. So that's something that we got. And also, um, be on the lookout. We got something great coming up in the summertime um, as it relates to those that are young and in ministry, male and female. So if you're a preacher, male or female, we got something very great coming up in the summertime. So we'll start making those announcements very soon so um so yeah that's pretty much where we're at with, with shaking so we try to keep up with the church girls movement we try yeah. we try trying to do it I, I jumped on i have to set my my reminder um but the last time i jumped on it was family it was in a calling down fire at almost midnight no no i gotta get back in the swing of that y'all i don't it's it's hard <laughs> Yeah. But there, you'll be surprised. I'm going to have some other people on there at the midnight prayer call. So you'll be surprised it's going to pop up in there one week. And, and being there, it won't, trust me, it will not be me every week. There will be some people you will be very shocked of who's going to be on there. And you're like, I know what? Yeah. Use your, um, your village. Oh, yeah. Exercise. I'm using all mine. Hey, hey, and everybody in my ministry, all my ministry friends know it. I call them in a minute. Hey, <laughs> come on, get on this call. <laughs> 
for me, I have two more spots for the retreat for married and engaged women. So if you want to come and then just let me know. And I think I'm going to start the religious detox back up in April. I don't know the exact date, but I'll share more information about that starting. Man, tomorrow is already March 1st. So starting tomorrow, um, so make sure you're following us at Church Girls Movement for more information. Um, Because I'm only going to take a few people at a time so that I can keep the group small. But the detox has really been blessing my life. So, yeah. Oh, um, I do want to put this out because some people have asked. Um, the skating thing, we are still working on that. Um, I spoke with Mitchell yeah. O's. The issue is because we're just trying to see how this pandemic is going to play out. So um, it looks like things are lightening back up and we're somewhat going back to normal. So that may still be in place, but we'll keep you all posted on that as well. But um, we, I've I, definitely been in contact with Bishop O's, um, the TikTok skating bishop, for y'all that don't know, in regards to it. He's excited, but um, – and. And out of respect to him and, and his wishes, he kind of want to see how this plays out before, you know, before he says yes. So, yeah. So let's yeah. just pray that things start moving in the right direction with this pandemic so I can break in my new skates and show yeah. y'all how it's really done. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in, for joining us. Don't forget to join us next week. I guess I should put out this because I got a phone call. We are no longer airing on Pure Radio. Um, so if you want to catch replays, you'll have to watch the videos on the Real Room Facebook page or on our YouTube channel or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find us um, there. We upload new episodes every or repeated episodes on Thursday mornings. Um, so you can find us there. But we are no longer airing on the radio station in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so you got to catch us online. Um, but thanks for saying it. About four people asked me about that this weekend. I know. We miss y'all, too. Yeah. Didn't even know y'all was listening to us on the radio. Exactly. (laughs) Should have said. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for joining us. Don't forget to join us next Monday for Real Talk Live. Peace. (laughs) Okay. I got to get out of here. (laughs)